You run a kid activity center, a gymnastics, ninja, urban, or cheer gym. Maybe it's a dance studio, swim school, martial arts dojo, or perhaps an educational preschool. You recognize you need some help growing your brand. You're wearing too many hats. It's time to make some changes. Let me help you increase student enrollments and retention while decreasing attrition. My name is Luke Stokes. Welcome to the Student River Podcast. Welcome back to the Student River Podcast. I am your host, Luke Stokes, a podcast that is completely devoted to helping you grow your kids' activity center. Today, I want to talk about something kind of basic, honestly. And I really even shouldn't have to do a podcast episode on this. This is one of those things that's really kind of fundamental. And yet, I see so many businesses, brands, blowing it big time, just dropping the ball here. So we're going to slow it down. We're going to start over with some of the basics here. If this is rudimentary for you guys, like, don't worry about listening to this. But if you haven't been an owner before, um, your background is coaching and you kind of got tossed into ownership or ended up finding yourself there and maybe bit off more than you could chew, then maybe this is something you need to listen to. And so what we want to talk about today is reducing friction when somebody wants to do business with you. Okay. Now, like I said, some of you are doing just fine, but some of you guys are making it way too hard to be reached than it should be. What do I mean by reached? If somebody wants to do business with you, if somebody wants to get in contact with you, they should easily and without friction be able to make that happen. There should be an eagerness on behalf of the brand, on the owner, on the staff to interact and respond and do it in a timely manner. So I'm going to talk about a couple of things here. I'm going to talk about how your website should be set up so that it is easy to find the information to 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 find you guys to reach you guys to drive by your building to um to 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 contact you to ask about classes and while on the surface that seems basic right well i just got to put my address down it goes way beyond those things and you guys are not doing it right and i have no idea why like i really like to me some of this stuff is pretty basic and I don't want to make you feel bad if you're not doing these things. That's really not my intent. My intent is to go, all right, let's just slow it down. Are you are you doing these things? Are you setting yourself up for success? Because these things aren't happening and I see it over and over and over. And honestly, it's probably like 70% of the brands that I come across are dropping the ball in one area or another when it comes to the way that they're setting up their website. I'm also going to talk about how you set up the rest of your online properties to make sure that they are all in harmony, okay? So if you've done all these things, if you feel like your website's dialed from a contact method, widget, um, interaction with your client standpoint, then great. You you could totally have this dialed. But if you don't even know what I mean when I say website widget, then this might be for you. So don't feel bad about it. 
Just sit down and listen. This is going to be a short episode. We're not going to go too far into this. This is very basic stuff. We're going to go pretty quick, okay? All right. Your website should be the most streamlined place to get in touch with you. Now, while I realize on the surface, you could go, yeah, I'm sure you're nodding right now, right? Yeah, I mean, that's how they get most of my information. It's often the worst. It's it's often the toughest place to find out how to contact you. And while I can even hear some of you saying, well, if they want to do business with me, they'll they'll find a way to get in touch with you. They'll find a way to get in touch with me. Really? That's the way you want to approach this? That's the first impression that you want? Is for them to be struggling to reach you and for you to be going, well, if you really want to do business with me, you'll try. That's not how a business scales. That's not how a business moves forward and endears a community to you. Okay. Where does this start? This whole thing starts with a website built for mobile first. What do I mean by that? You realize that the vast majority And by the way, it's like into the 80th percentile of people that are viewing your site are doing it on this, a phone. They're doing it on their, on the thing that's in their pocket. Now, I don't know about you, but that's not a huge screen. And this is the big screen version. That's not a huge screen to be able to consume information on. And so you need to build your website. You need to make sure that your website functions with a mobile first mentality. So what that means is that doesn't mean you have to have two sites. Someone, some people will pitch you that you have to have two sites. You have to have uh, a regular website and then you have to have a mobile website. I don't believe that's true. I believe that that is one way that you can do it. But unless you have a dedicated web dev that can help you navigate that, now you're trying to maintain two websites. So I don't think that you need a dedicated mobile site. Um, The other thing that I see people do backwards is they go, well, my website is mobile responsive, which is a great step in the right direction. And if you don't know what mobile responsive is, um, it is the ability for your website to interpret what screen size and resolution the visitor is viewing the website on and then reorganize the content and the website to optimize the experience for that screen size, okay? That's what mobile responsiveness is. However, I find that people do this backwards. They design their website for desktop use, meaning the computer screen. They design it all and then they adapt it to mobile, right? Then they, they say, okay, well, when a screen is, is this resolution, then we want to rearrange it this way. We want to show it this way. We want to organize it this way. We want to have our menu system look like this. That's, that's, you can't do that anymore. You used to be able to do that five years ago because only 30% of the people were really viewing your website on their phone. And so you still had a primary audience of computer. That's just not the case anymore. Your primary audience today is on their phone. So you need to first and foremost design your website 
for a screen that's this big. I'm holding up my phone for those of you that can that are listening to me. You need to design your website for a screen that's the size of your phone first. That's where you design. That's where you create the experience that you want your user to have is within the mobile environment. And then adapt out and go as the screen gets bigger, then we're going to show more content. We're going to arrange it this. We're going to use different images. We're going to change. We're going to do the and and and, and you go the other direction. You design for mobile first and then you transition to a bigger screen. And I see that you guys, and it's not you guys, this is just the environment that we live in as far as websites go. You're doing it backwards. So design for mobile first. Now, what are some of those things? And, and, and let me pause real quick here for a second, because if your website's not responsive at all, that wasn't a conversation that you had with your designer, with your web dev, or your site's older than five years old, chances are is it's not mobile friendly. It's not responsive. Like, and, and you can go, you can test this yourself. Go to, you go to, to your website on your phone and does it rearrange the content? Does it look different on your phone than it does when you view it on your computer? If it does, if it's all rearranged in a different way, it's still the same content, still the same images, but it's rearranged differently then you at least have that going for you. But if you don't, then honestly, you need to get on swapping your 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 website over to something that is responsive and design it with a mobile first mentality. All right. Now, what after we have the website designed for mobile use, we have to realize we got to enter the conversation going on in mom's head and we have to realize what information is mom looking for when she's on her phone looking at your website. And specifically as it relates to contact information what what do we want to make sure that they see first first and foremost okay so in this case we're going to talk about the header okay we're going to talk about the header we're going to talk about the contact us page we're going to talk about the footer and then we're going to talk about widgets okay we're going to go pretty quick this isn't deep stuff but this is basic stuff that you need to, if you're not doing that you need to do okay so header you want to make sure that your phone number right? Because that's probably your primary method of communicating with your student families. Your phone number is clear and bold and right at the top. Don't hide it in a cute font. Don't make it blend in. Make it big. Make it bold. Make it right in the header at the top and make it click to call. What do I mean by that? That means that when they tap the number on their phone, right? You got a phone, you tap the number. When you tap the number on your phone, it automatically prompts your phone to make that call. Okay, it's very simple. It's a simple piece of code. Click to call. Okay, that needs to be right up top. Additionally, you need to let them know if they can text that number. Okay, and by the way, if you guys aren't using text message yet in your business, you need to adapt there too because mom's favorite way to communicate with brands is text. She can do it on her own time. She can do it when it's convenient to her, when the kids are getting along, when they're not fighting, when they're down for naps, when everybody's eating lunch. She can do it on her time and she doesn't have to worry about getting interrupted. If she gets interrupted, she can just put it down, okay? And this is different than one-way 
you know, one-way text, one-way communication from your class management system to your audience. That's great. That's a step in the right direction, but I'm talking about two-way text. You can set up your phone system to do this. There are phone systems out there that will allow you to do this that are not that expensive. You can go look at phone systems like Ring Central, uh, Vonage, uh, Grasshopper, and depending on your budget, one of those will fit into your budget. So go check those out um, and get text message, two-way text message between your primary line, mind you, not a separate phone number, between your primary line that is that everybody's calling, allow them to text that number so that they can communicate on their own time. So that needs to be addressed in the header as well. Um, that, hey, you can click to call this or you can text this number also. So that needs to be in uh, right at the top, bold and clear. And then an obvious link to your contact us page, okay? This should be one of the primary things at the top of your header um, is the ability to find out more information than just the initial communication hit, okay? Um, how do they get more information? Because mom might be in the car trying to go, like she's trying to come in for that trial class and she's going, gosh, I thought it was right here. Where, where is it? Where am I? You know, so you want a quick, the ability to make a quick connection with you and then one click to get to additional information. All right, let's talk about contact page. Okay, real quickly, right? And I told you this is basic stuff, but I'm not seeing you guys doing it. So maybe it's not as basic as I think it is. Um, And, uh, you know, I, I apologize if I'm, I certainly don't mean to talk down to you. Okay, I realize that we're all at different levels and we just have things that we don't know and you don't know what you don't know. So that's why we're doing this episode to kind of help you out. All right. Contact us page. Here's, here's what you want on the contact us page. The phone number listed again. Okay. Again, click to call everywhere. Your phone's listed, click to call, meaning they can tap it and they can call it. Why? Because they're on their phone. That's where they're viewing this. Um, a contact form. Okay. Like, um, you know, enter their email address, a subject line, uh, a box for a message, and a submit. I would do this instead of an email address, okay? If you're still putting your email address on your website, while it serves people like me, agencies who are trying to get in touch with the owner well, um, it doesn't serve you as the business owner well. It ends up getting farmed out, and there's there's uh, bots out there that can go scrape websites for email addresses, and you end up getting spam, and so even though it goes against what I want, which is access to your email, um, quit putting your email address on the website. Like, use a contact form, but don't screw it up. I found out, and and none of us are immune to this this part. I found this out yesterday. Here I am, the guy that's teaching this stuff. And I found out yesterday that the contact form on my cascadeconversion.com website wasn't forwarding on the messages that people were leaving there. And that is super embarrassing. I, I, the nice thing is I had it still archived all the messages so I could go in and look and find them and reach back out to those people and apologize. But oh my goodness, it hadn't been working since September. And for those of you watching this on a different timeline, this is almost the end of February. <laughs> super embarrassing. That's That's just bad. So make sure that when you set up a contact form, that you test it and that it works. But make sure that it continues to work as websites are updated and as you uh, do different designs and as 
um, a platform updates their code because that's what happened to me is I didn't continue to test it. It used to work. I didn't make any changes. It used to work and it didn't. And I didn't make any change to the page, but through the process of um, my website host changing some things, it broke some of the code. I don't know how it happened, but it did. And embarrassingly, I found out. So make sure that it works. Continue to test it. All right. Um, an address. Duh. Put an address to your location. That that most of you do right. I see addresses across the board. But what you don't do that's really simple is embed a Google Map. Right? You can, I don't know if you know this, but you can go to Google Maps. You can type in your address and there's a link in Google Maps to embed that map into a website. It's it's pretty basic. If you're the one editing your website, you can totally do this. If you have a web dev that does this for you, then just pass him the code or tell him to go embed the Google Map on your on your website. Right? Because you, it's one thing to have the address, but it's another thing to actually know where that's at. And if someone's trying to find you, the ability to just have the map right there in front of them, that they can click and move and, and add directions and do all that from where they're at within your website, super beneficial. Like, especially with a physical location, embed a Google map on your contact page that shows where you're at. Okay. Hours of operation. I see this messed up a lot, actually. Um, I don't know why you don't put them down. Maybe because they're a bit of a moving target. Um, some days you're closed, some days you're not. It means that you need to update it as that moves, okay? But you need to have your hours of operation there and office hours if they're different, okay? You need to have, when can they get a hold of you? When are they gonna be able to reach you if they wanna call and do that? And so that should be front and center when you're actually open for them to be able to process, can I call right now? And then of course, links to your other social spaces, okay? Other ways that they can communicate to you. Your LinkedIn, uh, maybe not LinkedIn, that's just what popped into my head. Your Instagram, your Facebook, right? Um, your YouTube channel, all those things should be on your contact page also. All right, enough about contact page. Your footer real quick, okay? Again, your phone, click to call, click to text, okay? Figure that one out. Your address again, don't need the map there, but just put your address down, your social links, a prominent link to your contact page, and I would put your hours of operation in your footer as well so that it's on every single page of your website, okay? This is stuff that they want to know. This is what people want to know is when can I get in touch with you guys? So put that in your footer. All right, I want to talk real quick about website widgets because this is not done very often at all within the kids' activity space. In fact... I think I've seen maybe only two or three total of the thousands of websites that I've been to, okay? And if you're listening to this and you're that one, congratulations. If you don't know what a website widget is, grab a pen. This is a embeddable chat system, like a live chat or, or here you go, how about a Facebook Messenger integration? You totally can can put that, you can bake that into your website so that when people want to reach you, they can click on the little icon. Usually in the lower right-hand corner, there's a little chat bubble that they can click on and they can send you a Facebook message. They can chat with you on Facebook message. And um, the, the downside of going with the Facebook messenger one is that if they're not a Facebook user, they can't use it. So just know that going in. Um, 
So sometimes live chat makes sense, makes more sense to, to do a live chat. There's free widgets that you can do out there that are live chat. And if no one's there to answer the chat, it automatically sends an email. And so um, that's something that should be provide as many ways as possible for them to communicate with you. All right. And, and then you're going to have to staff people to do this. Okay. I'll talk about that in a second, but a website widget that allows them to communicate in a different manner, um, is becoming more and more common is becoming more and more expected. And the cool thing is with these widgets, you can prompt them to engage with you. You know, after a number X number of seconds goes by uh, on a website, you can have the widget pop up and go, "Hey, do you have any questions? I'd love to answer anything for you." Or you can have it pop up um, on uh, uh, particular pages, right? When they're looking at your program A page or your program B page, you can be like, "Hey, um, I see you're taking a look at our Ninja program. Do you have any questions about that?" And you can pre-program this to engage the audience as they look at your different different pages on your website. So um, you can get really robust with it, but at a minimum, you need to have a basic one that'll allow them to send you a message in real time that pings on your computer on your end when they do it, just like a regular uh, messenger or text environment. It allows you to respond right there while they're sitting on your website and they can ask about availabilities or prices or things that are of, of meaning to them. Okay, um, that's the very basic version. So make sure that you, at a minimum, do that. Okay. Um, all right. Now, once we have your website dialed in, we need to make sure that there are other places that have your contact information on the web matches and is in and is up to date with everything else on your website. Okay. So the three most prominent ones where people are going to get contact information is Yelp, Facebook and Google, okay? Now, the Google one's baked into the maps section, but if you were to go and Google uh, your brand right now, chances are not only do you get all the listings, but you get a little map version, a little places version that has your address and has hours of operation and has your phone number uh, right there, link to your website right there. Manage that. Make sure that your hours of operation are current for the season that you're in. Make sure that if you've moved recently or, or, or that your address is current, make sure that you have the right phone number in there. This is stuff that doesn't necessarily get followed up on when things change because it's just not top of mind. You don't think about updating your Google listing, but make sure that it's current. Make sure that your Yelp listing is current. Make sure that your Facebook is current with all of these things with hours and addresses and phone numbers that are relevant and today. Next, make sure you answer your dang phone. I cannot count how many times I am contacting a brand and nobody answers the phone at all. And it blows my mind because chances are your phone is ringing from somebody that either does business with you and they have a question or wants to do business with you and they have a question. Now, I realize this is like, well, yeah, duh, of course, you know, I answer my phone as often as I can. Do you really though? Or do you only answer the phone when somebody's at the front desk, when it's not lined up out the door, people checking in and it's the normal hours of operation? 
that's like what? Two, three, four, five hours a day maybe? My recommendation to you is if it's a reasonable hour, answer your phone. Yeah, but we don't get in till 3.30 in the afternoon. Okay. Have your phone automatically forward between the hours of 8 a.m. and 3.30. Have it forward to your cell phone. Have it forward to somebody's cell phone so that when somebody wants to call and get information, they have somebody that can answer and ask the, answer those questions. Okay? It... it it's it's not I'm not talking about just answering your phone when you're open, although I think you guys do a lousy job of that too. I'm talking about answer the phone when it's reasonable to answer the phone. And you can do this by using call forwarding. Even if you have an old archaic phone system from the local phone company, and yes, that's an archaic phone system if you're still paying your local phone company to do that. You can still have them forward that. My recommendation would be to get a, a, a VoIP, a, a VOIP, vo- voice over IP phone that's run through your internet connection instead of your local hardline so that you have uh, more control over when the phone is turned on and what happens when the phone is turned off and where does that phone get forwarded to in those hours when we're not quote-unquote open and what's my different voicemail options. And, you know, speaking of voicemail, keep them current. I call brands all the time. And it's an update about last season's closure because of the weather. It's ridiculous. It really shows that you're out of touch. And so make sure that you update those. And a, a, a VOIP system allows you to create temporary greetings and, um, and keep that stuff updated very, very simply. So keep your voicemail updated. Call your voicemails back. You should be checking your voicemail three to four times a day. First thing in the morning, midday, afternoon, before you close. And you should be checking it and calling all of those people back that day. Right away. Because they wanted information from you. And if you don't give it to them, guess what? They're going to go to your competitor or somebody that will give it to them. And so call your voicemails back. I, I'm not like I, I almost am baffled that I'm having to say that. And yet I know that you guys don't. I know that you don't because we deal with a lot of the student families as we schedule things for you guys. We're a scheduling service. And as we schedule things for you guys, we get people that reach back out to us and say, hey, I've left messages for these guys a couple of times and they've never gotten back. Can you help me? It's bizarre. Answer your voicemails. Because I know sometimes... You're just not going to be able to get to the phone. Like, I get that. You're either going to be on the phone and somebody else calls in and you don't have it set up to ring another phone. Happens sometimes. And it's going to go to voicemail. But as soon as 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 soon as that goes to voicemail, somebody needs to be, as soon as you're off the phone, you'll be picking that up, calling that, calling that voicemail back. Respond to all your emails. Reply to all Facebook messages. All Facebook post comments. Respond to all reviews. You got to respond and do it in a timely manner. People want to know that they're valued. And when you slow play your response, you're indicating to them, while you might not say it, that you don't really care about their question, their inquiry, you're not, that they're not important to you. Is that really the truth? I don't believe it is. I think it's just for lack of attention. 
So you need to do this in a timely manner, all these things. This is your first impression, guys. This is your opportunity to tell these people what it's going to be like to do business with you. And it starts by how responsive you are, how excited that you are to talk to them and communicate with them, and how easy that you make it to get in touch with them. Make a good first impression. Now, I can hear you say, but how am I supposed to staff for a live chat that's always on my website? Like, how do I do that? I I don't have somebody always at my front desk. How do I do that? Somebody to answer the phone at 10 a.m. when we don't open to 3 p.m.? How do I do that? I got to pay someone to answer the phone? Guys, you're building your business model wrong. What I mean by that is... You don't decide your prices, okay? You don't decide your tuition prices and then create the business model that fits within those prices. You create the experience that you want to have. You create the environment, the interaction, the community, the love of what you're doing, the staff needed to do all these things. You start with that and then you create the business model around it to facilitate that. You're doing it backwards. And I've been guilty of this, mainly because I just never thought about it before. No one ever told me. But you you decide what you need first to run your business and then you develop your model to facilitate that. So that may mean that you need to raise your, raise your prices. Okay. Most of you are charging too little for your for your classes anyways, and you're afraid to do so because across town is $10 cheaper. And man, if I go up to $20 more, no one's going to come to you. Well, they will if the experience is better. They will if they feel like they're valued more, if they enjoy the culture of your environment. And you do that with quality people that love on your families. Staff for it. Put people in positions to win. And maybe that means that you take more hours yourself, owner. I don't know. And and maybe that's not the case. Maybe you're already grinding. If that's the case, you're probably also coaching and you're trying to run the business and you're just doing too much. And that's also a big (laughs) no-no. I've talked about that in previous episodes when I said, I think the episode was called You're in the Way. You're trying to do too much. You're the bottleneck. Okay, so decide how it is that you want your business to operate and then figure out what type of business model. And I use business model kind of generically. The business model is already figured out, but determine what kind of pricing structure and what kind of things you need to build into your pricing model. Maybe that's a better way to put it, not business model, but pricing model to be able to facilitate what it is that you're wanting to create. Okay, you can do this but you got to do it in the right way. If you drop the ball before you ever get a chance to make that impression, you lose. They're going to your competitor. You just don't have that opportunity. You're one back button away from them leaving you and going to somebody else. This is basic stuff. I love you guys and I want to see you succeed and I want to make sure that you're doing these things. If you made it to this far to the end, then chances are you know that you're you're dropping it somewhere. So pick it up. 
fix it. Some of these things are so easy to implement. You don't need a guy to recode your website. You don't. Some of this stuff is super simple. Get it done today, right now, before you go to bed tonight. Add some of those things to your website. Hey, thanks for joining us today. I, I know that I talked in a little bit more like intense manner today. Like, come on, like do this. And I, I, admittedly so, like, I don't mean to be aggressive. I just, I want to see you guys succeed. I really do. And I want to make sure that I give you the tools to do that. So my heart here is for you guys to get this figured out, love on your community, give them the best experience possible so that you can see the growth that you want to have. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you.